bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Welcome, everyone. I'm Paul Dragoon. We're glad you can join us. Here at The New American, we take the most important news stories, we lose the propaganda, and we bring you the truth. And that makes us one of the most censored and attacked publications in America. So if you enjoy the show, please tell others about it. Now, the border showdown between Texas and the federal government is heating up. Despite the Supreme Court ruling this week in favor of the federal government, Texas is not backing down. In fact, the Lone Star State is doubling down. We have that story, plus an interview with the Vice President of John Birch Society about our decades-long role in the red-pilling of America. But first, last night Donald Trump won the New Hampshire primary by 10 points. The media called the race right away. His only primary opponent, Nikki Haley, is the globalist choice on the GOP side of the coin. She made it clear last night that despite her losses so far, she's not going anywhere. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. New Hampshire hosted an open primary, meaning it wasn't limited to register Republicans. And according to a CNN exit poll, 70% of Haley voters were not registered Republicans. Here's a Democrat who had just voted for Haley admit that he'd vote for Biden come general election time. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, it's a vote against Trump. Uh, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the uh, elections than it would be Trump and her. Do you consider yourself generally independent, Republican, or Democrat? Uh, Democrat. So when you undeclared you voted for Nikki Haley. If it was Nikki Haley against Joe Biden in a general election, who are you voting for? Joe Biden. Trump's overall strong primary showing and the obvious fact that he's not going away has many in the establishment losing all hope that the party will ever regress back to its days as the other side of the uniparty. Yesterday, The Hill published an article titled The Memo, Never Trumpers Are Close to Giving Up Hope. The idea was not only that Trump will be the nominee, but that the Republican Party is now a MAGA party. And for some, there's little hope of that changing. The Hill views Trump as a big disappointment, losing in 2020, proxy losses in the 2022 midterms, a number of failed endorsed candidates, two impeachments, and numerous indictments. Yet despite all this, The Hill concedes, he's not going away. So many never-Trumpers have given up. Illinois Republican Representative Joe Walsh told the outlet, quote, it's Trump's party plain and simple. I'm not a fan of his, but it's a MAGA party now, and he's the leader of that. This party cannot be reformed, cannot be fixed. It's on the track, it's on. I don't see in my lifetime it getting off this track. Susan Del Percio, a Republican strategist, said, quote, the party needs to burn to the ground and rebuild itself. It's not going to happen in two years, end quote. Now, the MAGA takeover of the GOP has others working on a massive gaslighting campaign. Never Trumper Rick Tyler served as communications director for Trump's main primary rival in 2016, Ted Cruz. Tyler told The Hill that in the end, voters would never throw away the relative calm of the Biden years for a return to Trump's maelstrom. Yeah, he actually said that. And it gets better. Tyler also said that people would not want to trade, quote, all the progress for chaos. However, Here's the likely and unfortunate truth of what may happen if we don't get an America first president. If we don't win, I think our country is finished. Joining me to discuss today's stories are editor-in-chief of the New American Magazine, Gary Benoit, and the research manager for the John Birch Society, Christian Gomez. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank Hello. you. 
Interesting times we live in. Um, everyone believes this is the year, 2024, whatever that means. We are an inflection point. What do you think, Gary, of Trump's comment? Are, are we closer to, to what Trump's saying, uh, uh, that we lose the country, or this Tyler fellow? We got to talk about that. That's just crazy. <laughs> uh, Does he come from a different Where's this planet? relative call he's talking about? But what do you make of all this, Gary? Uh, I, I really do think that we're at a crossing roads in America in 2024. And uh, I, I've been a member of the John Birch Society for a long time. And of course, that's the parent organization of the New American Magazine. I joined when I was a, a teenager back mm -hmm. in 1968. And uh, over many, many years, my understanding was that uh, because of the nature of the uh, the system of government that we have here because of our priceless constitution, because of our heritage of freedom, our declaration of independence, and uh, the understanding of our, our people, um, uh, because of our local police, because of our rights to keep and bear arms, and, and uh, you know, I could go on, yeah. uh, that uh, it would take a long time. It would be a long process for the enemies of freedom, for the enemies of America to uh, try to... Uh, uh, make the United States into a totalitarian regime. Uh, uh, let's face it, America was not like Russia, uh, where the Bolshevik Revolution occurred uh, very uh, suddenly. Uh, it would take a long time in America. But my point is, when we look at what's happening today and what has happened in recent years... Over that years, long time, over decades. Uh, yes, uh, uh, generations, in fact, because it goes back before uh, uh, I joined the John Birch Society in 1968. Uh, yeah. Uh, this conspiracy has been at it for uh, a long time, but I really think we're coming to a point where what we do now is going to make the difference between whether we live in slavery yeah. or uh, in freedom in the future. All right. So, Christian, what do you make of this? We played footage there of Democrats, open Democrats voting uh, over there in the New Hampshire, and they're essentially voting against Trump. It doesn't seem like a fair system. Now, I know somebody could obviously say, that's just one man. But when you look at the exit poll numbers from like CBS, because all the stations do their yeah. own exit polls, but I was looking at CBS's exit polls of primary voters in New Hampshire. And what we saw there, I think is reflective of most or a good majority, a good chunk of Haley, uh, sorry, of Nikki Haley's voters um, from yesterday. For example, of those, um, uh, of those who identify as very conservative, 88%, uh, well, sorry, 88% of Trump supporters identified as very conservative. Only 11% of Haley supporters, according to CBS exit poll, identified as being very conservative. And of, of um, and for Trump, 74% identified as being Republicans, were only 25% identified as being Republicans for mm -hmm. Nikki Haley. Yeah. So it's clear that you had a lot of people who were independents, moderates, or Democrats, outright Democrats like the man you saw, who voted for Nikki Haley because they saw it as a vote against Trump. And come the general election, I don't think th that the media narrative that Nikki Haley uh, is out polling uh, Biden and, and that she would win, I don't think that's the case. I think come the general election, if Nikki Haley were the nominee, which I don't see happening, but if she was the nominee. I, I, I can't see her getting a map better than the 2004 Electoral College map anyway. Yeah. I, I, she will not win any of the, um, she will not pick up any states. She would not get Wisconsin. She won't get Michigan. She won't get Minnesota. The best she'd do is get the traditional Republican states, which she won't even win in the primary. So in my opinion, her race is over. Yeah. Well, apparently the strategy, and obviously all this is theory and speculation, but the strategy here is if the donors can keep Haley in the race, and then on the other side, the lawfare keeps pounding at Trump, then maybe something will break. And that may be something will be, you know, he gets 
He gets convicted. He gets thrown in jail. And then Haley's the only one left. Well, not necessarily. Well, yeah. Can someone come back? How does that work? Well, um, is there something in the Constitution saying you cannot run for president if you're in a jail cell? Well, according to Joe Wolverton, our legal scholar, mm -hmm. he said no. Because right. I said the same thing. I was like, well, Joe, what if he gets thrown in jail? And Joe's like, who says he can't right. He can't be the president? For, but let's be serious. I mean, come on. How, how can you? Know, on the other side, actually, now that I think about it, and I've said this before, too, is like maybe that'll, that'll cut back on his, his tweets and all the things <laughs> that really agitate people. You know, it's, it's, it's this, and, uh, this, this behavior that, that apparently has rubbed people so, so wrong that they traded in the relative calm and the peace and the prosperity of the Trump years for this chaotic mess. Well, um, I, I think uh, there is a strong likelihood that if Trump were actually put in jail, and of course that's not a foregone conclusion, Yeah. but if he were as a result of the weaponization of the law, that uh, millions upon millions of Americans would recognize that that is the case. They would recognize that this is injustice, not justice, Yeah. and uh uh, would perhaps support him even more. Yeah, I, I see the same thing. Trump's name is still going to be on. Is still will still mm -hmm. be on the ballot of, of of multiple states going forward, and probably all the states. His name's already on the ballot. So even if he was thrown in jail, he'd still be on those primary ballots. Thanks, unless... Christian. We got to come back. We're going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation. And then we're going to look at the Texas border showdown. Hey, America, how tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed, put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, The New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com radio25. For more news and in-depth analysis from the New American Magazine, the kind that you will not get anywhere else, make sure you have a subscription to our twice-monthly print edition of the magazine. No other magazine has been as accurate and for as long about where policy and culture were heading than the New American. You can subscribe online at thenewamerican.com. Just hit the magazine tab on top, and then on the drop-down, hit the subscribe button. Or, if you prefer, you can call for a subscription. Call one 800 727 8783 Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Central Time. That's 800 727 8783. So Christian, I cut you off right there right in the middle of a of a thought on the on Trump's victory here in New Hampshire. Um go ahead and finish that and Sure. Uh, I was just going to say that Trump's name is still going to be on the ballot even if he does get thrown in jail theoretically. So people will still vote for him and He'll assemble delegates, and those delegates will either vote for him at the convention or if he is prohibited, let's just say theoretically he's prohibited from being uh, nominated at the convention, they'll vote for somebody as much like him as possible. Yeah. So either way, Nikki Haley still won't be the nominee, and it still is a mega party. Right. And let's talk about that because that's, um, that's really important because it seems like 
Trump, MAGA, America First may have successfully finally taken over the GOP, I suppose. What do you think, Gary? Is that do you agree with the, some of those never Trumpers who seem to be quaking in their boots there that they've lost their uh, their uniparty there? Well, I agree that they that. are quaking in their boots, but I'm going to say hooray <laughs> that they're quake, quaking in their, their boots. Isn't it wonderful? Because uh, it seems like practically forever there was not a dime's worth of difference between the Republican Party and the mm -hmm. Democratic Party at the top. I mean, obviously the Republican Party would uh, appeal to a conservative constituency in terms of the rhetoric. Yeah. And the Democratic Party would appeal to a liberal constituency in terms of its rhetoric. But when it came to basic policies Policy, such yeah. as more and more government leading to total government, more and more internationalism leading to world government, the two parties were basically moving in the same direction. And the only thing that made the Republican Party, frankly, look conservative is the fact that the Democratic Party always sounded even more radical yeah. and would go further and further to the left. But uh, with the mega movement, uh, that is certainly changes, yeah, uh, changing. And, uh, of course, we have to look at where mega came from in the first place. And I think, Paul, we can take a lot of credit for that because it did not just appear. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a result of decades of very, very hard work of waking the town and telling the people and getting them uh, involved. Yeah. I mean, we have our gripes about, you know, how much people know, how a activated they are. But I think it's undeniable now that the, the, the people at least have a surface level understanding that there was a unit party, uh, that the GOP was part of it that it was all going in the same direction. And they look at Trump as the, ma the man who can possibly smash that because no one else is crazy enough, stubborn enough, or whatever enough. Right, Christian? Absolutely. I think more and more people are waking up to the fact that at the top, like you were saying, both parties have been indistinguishable for decades, pursuing the same globalist, internationalist, and uh, collectivist big government policies. And now here's someone who's breaking the mold of that. Of course, Trump isn't perfect. He did he did several things in his president in the first term that we weren't happy with that we were not happy with, like the USMCA yeah. uh, trade agreement and so forth. But Operation over, Warp Speed. Yeah, Operation Warp <laughs> Speed, of course. But overall, I mean, it, it is still a break from the what we've seen in the past since probably FDR was president. It's been, because since him, it's been continuous collectivist yeah. administration after the other. Right. And, 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 of course, and, Paul, and the, that's what we, we outline here, right. you know, in the Trump world here. This is, uh, Gary, obviously you were very integral sure. to this. Uh, and that really is about Trump world. Uh, not so much about Trump, but about uh, Trump world, about the, the movement. And, of course, the bottom line is when we look at politics and uh, we decide uh, who we vote for or who's a good politician or a bad politician or whatever, our standard never should be a particular person. Yeah. The standard always is the Constitution. And, of course, the president, every member of Congress takes an oath to the Constitution. And, uh, and so I, I think it's absolutely brilliant that when Robert Welch, the founder of the John Birch Society, when he established the organization, he established it to be uh, non-political. We do deal with political issues, obviously, but our standard is the Constitution. We we do not endorse candidates. Yeah. Uh, we simply put out the truth and let the chips fall where they may. And when the truth is put out and people become informed and they become involved, the result is better government. The result is better people getting elected and also scoundrels being voted out of office because an informed electorate will no longer tolerate that. Let's look at our next story, guys. So on Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled five to four in favor of Border Patrol. The ruling essentially said that Texas had to let Border Patrol agents cut down the wire that Texas had installed to keep migrants from crossing over. Well, 
So far, Texas is ignoring the ruling. The Texas National Guard is still blocking U.S. Border Patrol from taking down the razor wire at the southern border at Eagle Pass. After the Supreme Court issued its ruling, Texas Attorney General Paxton said this on X, that the fight is not over. Afterward, Governor Greg Abbott echoed Paxton's sentiment. He said, this is not over. Texas's razor wire is an effective deterrent to the illegal crossings Biden encourages. I will continue to defend Texas's constitutional authority to secure the border and prevent the Biden administration from destroying our property. And in case there's any doubt as to whether Texas would dig in its heels and not comply with the Supreme Court decision, Lieutenant Chris Oliveras of the Texas Department of Public Safety said this on X. Texas will maintain its current posture in deterring illegal border crossings by utilizing effective border security measures, reinforced concertina wire and anti-climb barriers along the Rio Grande. Oliveras also said the logical concern should be why the federal government continues to hinder Texas' ability to protect its border, all while allowing for the exploitation, dangerous and inhumane methods of permitting illegal immigrants, including children, to illegally cross a dangerous river where many have lost their lives. And then on Tuesday, Governor Abbott doubled down on his prior stance. He said Texas will not back down from our efforts to secure the border in Biden's absence. In fact, on Tuesday, not only did the Texas National Guard hold the line, but it put up more barriers to stop the flow of illegal aliens. Texas's defiance has a number of GOP lawmakers support, including the Lone Star State's own Chip Roy, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, and Louisiana's Clay Higgins. Now, Congressman Clay Higgins said the quiet part out loud. He said, my thoughts are that the feds are staging a civil war and Texas should stand their ground. Now, here's a young man explaining in a social media video how insane this entire saga is. Imagine with me, if you will, you are tired of your house getting broken into. It gets broken into regularly. So at first you put up cameras, then you start locking your doors, and then you're like, you know what, screw it, I'm putting a fence around my entire house, and I'm putting razor wire on the top of it, and I'm gonna make sure that my house stops getting broken into. Some time passes and people have stopped breaking into your house. And then the county sheriff shows up and says, you need to take the fence down around your house because people are dying outside of it trying to break into your house. And you look at him and you say, that's not my problem. And then a judge comes in and says, sorry, you got to take the fence down because people need to be allowed to infiltrate your private property. That's what's happening in Texas. All right, guys. I found that explanation, the best explanation I've seen. <laughs> because you hear these court rulings and you see what's happening. And it's like, am I the crazy one? It's because that was Border Patrol's point, right? It's like, hey, we need to get able, we need to be able to access these, these people who are on the other side and they're getting hurt trying to illegally cross into the country. And they put that onus on us. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely insane. But it's hard to imagine an explanation as what's going on uh, that would be uh, uh, more clear or more succinct than was conveyed by that young gentleman. Uh, you know, in a way, it makes you think of uh, the, the fable about the emperor's new clothes, uh, where it took uh, you know a, a, a young boy uh, to uh, point to uh, the emperor and say he's naked. Yeah. 
You know, that's why I think a lot of people understand this. They look at this and, and, and they're just like, first of all, I think going back to the Supreme Court decision, that in itself was was surprising. We had especially Amy Coney Barrett. I don't think a lot of people were surprised maybe by Justice Roberts. He's always been a turncoat. But uh, to make the point that they need to access these people who are who are who are coming here legally, um, you know, I, I think we all have sympathy. Right. Christian, it looked like you might want to jump in there. We have sympathy for these people. Right. We're going to continue this conversation right after this. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, The Great Reset, and Trump World, for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer, available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. The New American has just released our latest bookazine, a collection of articles on self-reliance. It's called Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. Without individual responsibility and without the ability to take care of ourselves without government help, we cannot be free. In this Polish Collector's Edition, we have articles on a number of important topics, including the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearm self-reliance, building a wood shack, and the importance of community, among many other topics. Now, the authors of the articles are experts in their fields. We encourage you to get a copy. You can order your copy at thenewamerican.com forward slash shop, or you can call our office at 800-727-8783. However you do it, make sure you get your copy of Self-Reliance, The Foundation of Freedom. Welcome back, folks. So I want to go back to that comment. We're going to continue. We're going to stay on this topic of this uh, border showdown here. And Clay Higgins seems to be uh, saying something that I think a lot of people are, are thinking. I mean, when you have the Texas National Guard staring down the feds and doubling down, putting more wire, more barriers. I think they also put like con containers and things like that. You can't help but think uh, that something might erupt out of this. Well, let's hope what, what erupts is a return of the Constitution because there are constitutional means that can be employed by the states and can be employed by state officials to protect the sovereignty of the states and also to protect the rights and safety of their citizens. Yeah. And uh, one word that could be used to describe that would be the word nullification. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we might be talking a little bit about secession uh, as well later on in this segment. But the bottom line is it is not necessary. Uh, in fact, you might even say not wise to secede from, from the union. Well, yeah, but what, I mean uh, we, we can employ uh, the Constitution uh, in order to solve these problems because what the Supreme Court is doing is unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has no right yeah. to tell the state of Texas that Texas cannot defend its borders and protect its well, citizens. So, so what point What point was there even go? I guess actually the feds went to the Supreme Court. And Christian, you mentioned nullification. 
yesterday. But this, I want to go back to this idea. I mean, in theory, what you're saying is obviously correct. But like Clay Higgins said, is it's like, if the feds continue to poke and whatnot, it's like notifications, great. And, and all of these, you know, and hopefully Texas is looking all at all of that. But I mean, all it takes is one person. I don't know, fire off a shot, whatever. That's what happened with the shot heard around the world and whatnot. And now you have Marjorie Taylor Greene, you have Clay Higgins, and you have many others saying that the, the federal government is instigating civil war. And I don't think it's beyond the people in the leadership of this administration to do that. Because first of all, if this happens, that's how probably they prevent an election from happening this year. Right. Maybe they're doing it because they want that to happen. But yeah. the proper response on the part of the state of Texas would be to say, we love the Constitution so much that we are not going to go along with this violation. That's what nullification is all about. Uh, it's not going along with federal oversteps. It's not going along with federal usurpations. And that is why when you look at the Constitution, it's not just federal officials who take an oath to the Constitution. It is state officials as well. It's also the local sheriff. They take oaths to the Constitution because they also are expected as office holders to uphold that supreme law of the land. And, of course, when you look at that supreme law of the land, it's very clear when you go to Article 6 that uh, you know the, 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 the federal government cannot do whatever it wants. Congress cannot uh, issue uh, any law it wants. Everything it does has to be constitutional, which is why the phraseology in the Constitution in Article 6 is in pursuance thereof. Yes. Okay, so what, what do you do when we obviously have a federal government that doesn't give a crap mm -hmm. about the Constitution? This is a federal government that has illustrated repeatedly that it cares not that it violates the rights of Americans. I mean, it's a federal government that has sponsored spying, infiltrating churches. And now, like Clay Higgins, who we talked about yesterday, who has investigated the deep state, He's the one saying that, look, they're trying to, to, to start a, a civil war. He's seen what these people are capable of. He's he's investigated the deep state, the, the FBI and how they how they, for instance, they conspired J6. So it's not beyond these people to say, forget the Constitution. We're going to try to start a civil war. Well, I agree with you completely. Uh, and that's why Thomas Jefferson said that uh, we have to not put our faith in politicians. I, I forget the exact quote, but that yeah. we have to bind men bind down, down from, with, the from the with, with the chains of the Constitution. Uh, that's what we need to do, Paul. And on the federal level, uh, that means obviously focusing in particular on Congress because that's the mo most important of the three branches of government. Uh, that's where all the laws are, are made is in, in Congress. Yeah, and, and so we need to focus on that on a congressional district level and uh, inform people to get a better Congress. On the state level, state officials need to realize uh, that uh, their states are not mere provinces yeah. uh, of a, a national government, uh, that their states are sovereign. And, uh, and, and so, therefore, they need to protect the rights of their states and their citizens through the proper power of nullification. And that's exactly what the state of Texas is doing right now. On the other hand, if you succeed, what, what are you doing, Paul? Uh, you're throwing out the Constitution. You're starting over again. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of secession, there is a movement, apparently, the Texit movement, and, it, and it's gaining momentum. It's, 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 it's existed for a long time, but this is 
apparently one of those things, this incident now has kind of given it some new life. What do you think of that, Christian? Uh, I think I agree with what Gary said. We have to restrain uh, our elected officials, both at the state and federal level with the Constitution. But how do we do that? And I think the John Birch Society as an organization is the best equipped organization to help achieve that objective. We produce things that here at the New American and the John Birch Society, such as the uh, legislative scorecard for both the state legislatures and uh, your uh, congressional uh, representatives in the House and the U.S. Senate. You can access those on the newamerican.com yeah. under the Freedom Index tab on the top, and then you'll have a map of the U.S. Click on your state. If you live in Texas, click on Texas, and look at how your legislator is voting. We produce these scorecards and the Freedom Index published twice um, each year in the magazine, print edition, also online as well, available. So you can educate your uh, fellow your fellow citizens in your in your congressional district in your state and that's how we begin to hold these people accountable we at the John Birch Society and the New American produced numerous reprints on the subject of nullification booklets and videos share those hold events as chapters uh, distribute this literature when these candidates are running for office this is an election year Bring the scorecards there. Bring copies of it. Pass them out with bright colors. Make the people think that's part of the campaign. But then people will look at that stuff. Because if we don't educate people about what nullification is, what the Constitution says about things, we're never going to hope we're showing them by the Constitution. You have people who don't even know what yeah. the Constitution says about So how any would that apply subject. in this situation? Was it, would it be the a, a educated constituency then pressures uh, the yep. AG, the governor? You to educate do- the electorate, and they, in turn— Pressure, put pressure on those in office now. And if those in office now don't listen, like I said, this is an election year. Vote the bums out. That's what you do. You vote them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it looks like Texas has some people who are willing to stand up. I mean, you have the governor saying we're not backing down. Paxton, he's always been, it seems like Paxton's always been, you know, in the right camp. Uh, that's probably why they try to get rid of him over there uh, in Texas and and whatnot. So it seems like there's still enough educated folks in Texas, but that's still, you know, and hopefully, like you said, this idea of secession, exit, whatnot, this, is, this isn't this is going to benefit Americans generally. Yeah, I, I don't believe so either. And uh, just so uh, nobody misunderstands, Paul, I uh, I think it is important for us to point out that, that the states created the national government. Yeah, uh, and not, not the versa, other way around. Not the other way around. So the states certainly have a right to uh, secede. So uh, I'm not saying otherwise. Uh, I don't think either of you two are saying otherwise. But I think what we are saying is uh, let's be smart about this uh, because uh, the, the founding fathers were extremely wise and uh, extremely principled men to give us the Constitution that they gave us. I mean, they could have made themselves an oligarchy. They could have made George Washington yeah. uh, a king, but they gave us this priceless heritage heritage of freedom, mm-hmm. let's work with the Constitution to restore our freedoms rather than taking a chance on secession. Right. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. We know that we have, we have a good, we have good governing documents. We just got to get people to abide by it, to, to adhere to it. And, and that is the Sign key. them up for Constitution as a solution to learn about the Constitution. Yeah. Well, you can, also, idea. <laughs> you can see that on jbs.org too, on their yes, videos. Yes, you can, under videos. Uh, all six uh, videos. After this, the vice president of the John Burr Society joins me. In 1988, the John Birch Society produced a documentary so predictive, it's as though they had a time machine. Out of Control, Immigration, Invasion was produced and hosted by investigative reporter William F. Jasper and looks at the growing problem of unrestricted illegal immigration that, in 1988, already saw upwards of 10 to 20 million illegal aliens within the borders of the U.S. 
unknown agents from around the world using the southern border as easy entry. Certainly some are innocent families escaping hardship, but also certainly some are criminals, potentially terrorists. Is it not appropriate that there be some criteria for the entry of any sovereign nation? Why should the U.S. be different than Canada, Germany, Russia, Japan, or every other country on the planet? Out of control, immigration invasion. Watch this time capsule of prescient wisdom at thenewamerican.com slash out of control. On Sunday, the Associated Press published an article on the parent company of this show, the John Birch Society. The reporter had been publishing a series on conspiracy theorists in rural America. He'd been traveling around the Midwest, interviewing people about their concerns with Biden's America. The reporter told me that during his many conversations with people, one organization continuously popped up, the John Birch Society. The article is certainly heavy on left-wing bias, but like its title implies, it at least gives us credit for being the original red-pilling organization. So I'm joined today by a very special guest who's in town, and that is the vice president of the John Birch Society, also a decades-long bircher, oh. uh, Wayne Morrow. Oh, hey. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you like Paul. that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, I, I feel back. like Ben Franklin now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Morrow, for right. taking the time to, right. to bless you. us with your presence. Oh, but course. you've you've overseen the operations on the ground for a long, long time. Uh -huh. And we've been an organization uh -huh. that has for decades kind of operated quietly. We've sown lots of seeds. There's lots of red pilled organization mm -hmm. that uh, were red pilled by us and whatnot. And we're still going strong, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Well, truth prevails. You know, you, you talk about... Uh, the AP wire. And, you know, he, we talked quite a long time about a lot of different things. One of the things I quoted was, yeah, you met the gentleman. Yeah. The, the yeah, reporter. Sure. yeah. And, and I said to him, you know, we've been, they call us insane early on when right all along, Steve Bannon, a couple of months ago, went on the show said, Hey, the Birch Society, you know, they've been saying these things and you know, they could be right all along and here they are. And what? he actually admitted that, that here we are. He so, admitted that we were right, and he yeah. admitted that the mm -hmm. establishment, the Buckley, right. the Buckleyites were wrong. Mm -hmm. That's right. There we control opposition. So that's a big deal. I mean, the news is getting out. Time has actually proved us correct. That's Mr. Watts even said that, but it it has. And so now that people really understand, you see the Trump movement is a is a really result of some of that. Is that now people are ready for the truth? I mean, you you mentioned earlier on your a conversation prior to me about. What do you do? You know, yeah. what do you do with... You're talking about the, the Texas yeah, scenario. The Texas, but just the representatives in general. You know, and I think uh, Christian mentioned that we have a scorecard. And I, you know, I, I probably showed this before. We have multiple colors. Mm -hmm. And the colors are pink and various of their zeros are pink, you know, for obvious... Pinkos. For, for pinkos, yeah. right? And up to green if you're really good. But, you know, most people have no idea how their legislators vote. They complain about them. Yeah. And now what? Mm. And I asked him, well, the complaint is the fun and easy part. Well, yeah, of course. So I asked him, do you have your right to your state constitution? The answer is probably zero. So how do you like valid constitutional representatives if you don't know your constitution? Yeah. Or how well, about your federal constitution or U.S. constitution? The answer is maybe Yeah, what 1%. standard do you hold them to? Yeah, right. So now it's a personality contest. Oh, he looks cute or he's handsome. He tells a joke. That's not who you want to have. And that's how you can't uphold the constitution. Or you have neocons and people based on what? So our job has been to educate the electorate to have constitutional-minded representative. So we do have constitutional-minded representative who re represent us at the state level as well as a, as, a, mm -hmm. as a federal level. And then you could then push back, as I think Gary mentioned about nullification all at the state level. You can't do that unless you understand the Constitution. 
And unfortunately, some legislators we see don't have don't have a clue or yeah. rather constitution. But our job has been educating them, and we're making some great progress yeah. at all levels of uh, the st- various states of the United States, as well even in U.S. Congress. And, and education has never gotten the full credit that it deserves, or at least it seems like from from the world that we yeah. live in, because when we say that we're activists and we say, here's mm-hmm. what the John Birch yeah. Society does and a large portion of it, whichever right. way you cut it up is education. Right. But it is, I think it's a blessing in that way because it's better than, you know, uh, whipping out your guns and starting, you know, because that seems to be what we may be on the verge of, but you, that's going to, we don't want to go that route. No. We want to avoid that because we inherited this country and to let it fall mm-hmm. apart because that's what, you know, some of these nitwits want and some mm-hmm. of these anti-Americans mm-hmm. want, then we'd be giving in to them, wouldn't we? Absolutely. Right. They actually want that. <clears throat> so education is an activity, and it really is. And that's what the left does. They educate all the time. Yeah. So it's it's really important. They brainwash. And, exactly. And Mr. Wall says if you educate is really critically important because the conspiracy, which we expose, once you educate people what it is, they know it's a psychological game. Yeah. And they and that's what they want. It's the most, to, I mean. It's, it works, you know? Yeah, it's the most important thing. Like like I've mentioned this several times, I, I spent the first eight years of my life in communist Romania. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, but so I was behind the Iron Curtain. And I even wrote, I wrote a book with a friend of mine who defected called Defector. And so I got to learn quite a bit about how mm-hmm. it worked there. And one of the most uh, fervent campaigns of the communists was propaganda. They controlled mm-hmm. the media. Mm-hmm. They controlled the school systems. Why? Because it matters what you know, huh? Absolutely right. Yeah, they can say anything, if they, but propaganda works. Mind control does work, and they play on fear, so they can control people through fear. And so the education part is we have to expose really who they are and what the message is and what the strategy is, and all of a sudden they fear for that. That's why they look for diversions. Yeah. Uh, over, look over here, look over here, but they don't really want you to expose them. So I look at, you know, we talked about voting records as a good way to do that. But know your constitutions, but yet hold these people accountable, or you change your representative. Right. That's but you could do that through education, and it's no this is no easy route, but it's that it's simple enough to know that's what you have to do. That's your activity part. And by the way, uh, we can actually make that available on your phone. We have a web app on your phone. You can actually put it on, look at all the scorecards yeah. for either all the state legislators in the whole United States as well as the Congress. So you have lots of information to empower you with knowledge when you talk to representatives. And I'm finding that most of them don't understand their own constitution. When but do you, do you believe they understand that we are under assault from a global conspiracy? Because it seems like we've reached that point of critical mass. And I think that's what happened. That's why they stole the election from Trump. And that's why they're mm-hmm. playing their cards now, mm-hmm. because they realize that the people have awakened and they're being so blatant because they are going to lose one way or another. Well, well, you you're well, on the ground a yeah, lot. Yeah, well, I see. I see that in also European countries as well. I mean, they see they don't want to be slaves. They want to live in liberty and freedom, and yes. they know that's under assault. But here's the thing: they don't know it's all tied together. They think it's local dumb politicians. They don't mm. know this is a plan. They still think it's. They an still think it's huh? you know it's the Bidens, the Obamas. Oh no, no, this is a plan. That's what we expose as a much longer history picture. And once they see all the pieces add up. Now they know it's not by accident. Yeah. It's a planned event. And that's what's going through. And we go to Europe because they know about the Clintons and the conspiracy more than Americans do. Yeah. Because they've been under the boot for a long time. Mm. But they can't piece this. They think it's very isolated. It's, 
maybe it's you know Clinton's or it's Obama's. I said, no, it's a much longer story. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't know. But it's isolated. It's Agenda 2030 or it's about Second Amendment. And we said, yes, there's all manifestations of a bigger plan. Yeah. And WFF has really helped us out as well. WEF. Uh, exactly. And, you know, it all fits with the United Nations. But now it's starting to become making sense with the United States and worldwide these are really world governments. Now that that word's out, it's well, it's it also clear now. It's very clear. We're it's watching very... it manifest itself, and COVID nineteen really showed people what it was all about. We're going to include uh, a link to these scorecards, the Freedom Index, in the description of the show. Yep. Uh, we have a minute and a half left. Me and you talk. We have lots of fun talking oh, about yeah, of course. books and things like that. You know, someone's listening, and and, uh-huh. and maybe they're wondering. I want to tell us, Wayne, what book? What's one of the what? Give us a book or two that helped red pill you and that would help others understand what's truly going okay. on to connect the dots. Sure. Uh, well, a while ago, a long while ago, I read a book called, it's out of print, called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. And it really opened my eyes about the whole picture. Oh, you was, it was it. a conspiracy. You know, yeah. you can buy it online, it's PDF, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it really showed the big picture. I mean, it talks about this isn't mistakes, this is a plan. And of course, I joined after that. Uh, that's a really good book. Yeah, and it's you know? a short one. Gary very, Allen's. Very yeah. short paperback. Yeah. And Mr. Welch's The Blue Book. I mean, that was written in 1958. And you look what the, he said when he saw what was happening then. Mm-hmm. And look now, very prophetic. If it goes this way, this is what they want to do. And that gives a lot of credibility through history, proving out this man really knew what the plans were. And if it continues this way, this is the way it's going to end. But he gave us a solution making people wealth or education. So it's not a lost event. We're still here because of the Birch Society, making people aware. Yeah. That's critical. Those are two key books, I think, really get people on the right course on really what the problem is. Yeah, none there call it conspiracy. And the, the blue, blue book, book, which we offer uh, at the JBS store. Absolutely. Thank you, Wayne Morrow. Thank you, you for all the work you do. And thank, thank you, you, everyone, for tuning in right. to another episode of New American Daily. Make sure you go to newamerican.com for more truth behind the news.